Listening to the Made of Human podcast, the Mopod, also called. It is also called. It is uh, Mopod. Anyways, uh, this is the Bethany Rutter episode. Bethany Rutter is uh, a friend of mine. I mean, they all are. Most of my 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 guests are friends in, in some capacity. But Bethany is um, so she's a fat fat shin blogger, and I know, I know, I know, a blogger. I know what. What is a blogger, really, if if not a uh, an unpublished journalist, a failed journalist? <laughs> uh, but I disagree with that statement, even though I, I was the one who made it. Uh, I disagree with it because uh, what Bethany does, it sounds simple. It sounds like, oh yeah, so you so you get you take on clothes, you take a photo of you just standing. And then you put it on a website. But you have no, like if you're not fat, if you have not battled with uh, f- trying to find clothes as a, as a fat person, trying to l- feel like you look good as a fat person, if you have not tried that, you have no idea how how much good someone like Bethany can do by just being fat, wearing clothes, looking fucking amazing. I see a photo of Bethany wearing like a dark lipstick. And I feel empowered. And I that might sound ridiculous. Uh, but I hope it'll make sense once you've heard this episode. Bethany is wonderful. I love her. To, to, we talk a lot about fatness. And, um, oh, love her. Love her. And you will love her too. I want to thank you for listening uh, to this podcast because it means a lot. It is genuinely the best thing I've done. I love it. I love it so much. And I'm so excited that I, that it's happening and that you're listening and that you're sharing it with people, that you're donating um, via Patreon, uh, that you're donating money to it. It, it means so much. Um, and I know I keep saying that, but it really does. And I don't know how else to express uh, express my happiness. Apart from maybe very soon, I'm going to start putting out some extra some extra stuff on the to the people who donate via Patreon. I can get you some stuff that only you can see, so like special episodes and special interviews and videos and stuff like that. So uh, go to there if you want a piece of that action. Otherwise, um, I think that's it. I think I'm going to keep this short, um, <laughs> as short as as, as possible. Uh, as always, go sign up for my newsletter at sophiehagen.com forward slash newsletter. And, uh, and you can find out when I'm doing shows, uh, like live shows and everything. It's very exciting. And uh, I just want to thank you for being uh, an amazing listener. And you will enjoy this episode with Bethany Rutter. I, I'm so happy you brought up where, uh, <laughs> where we met. Yes, that was, that was not that was not like the proudest moment in my life. Because it was in this venue. And I was... Having one of those, I'm just going to sit on my own and eat uh, like a three-course meal. <laughs> like a grown-up lady. Like a grown-up person who's like taking care of herself. And, <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm going to run into anyone I meet. And then you were there looking just fantastic with like your cool friends and like, your lipstick. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's interesting. There are always like two sides to every story because I was like, "Oh my god, it's that cool comedian <laughs> Sophie Hagen." Oh no, she clearly doesn't know who I am, so she's like not even looking at me. Like she does not recognize me. I'm clearly not as like 
interesting or important as I like to believe I am. Um, but yeah, this is always the way, especially with like women. Like, yeah. I was so panicky. I was like, oh no, oh no, I'm just sitting here eating a very big dessert. I was probably very jealous of your dessert. Oh, that's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. I could not have gotten quicker out of this venue. Oh, no. See, if, if that had happened, like, last week, we'd have had a great time. Oh, my time. God. We would have yeah. had drinks. Yes. Because you're the type who... You do drinks. Yeah, I'd hang out. With, like, friends. Yeah. How, how, does, how? how does that work? The internet. I make all my oh. friends through the internet. Oh, did you... Have you always done that? How old are you? Yes. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 27 years old. Oh my God. I was born on the 16th of August, 1989. <gasps> We're almost the same. Oh, cool. How old are you? <laughs> well, 27. But I'm a November child, so yeah. I'm actually a lot older. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, so we were we got the internet when we were teenagers. Yes, and you used it for Westlife stalking and just uh, what do you call that? Like pen pals, yeah, over email, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was dial-up modem, so I would you know I wasn't allowed to use the internet that much because it was very expensive. Yeah. So I, we would receive, uh, I would I would dial up and then update, then receive all the emails, then turn off the internet, then answer Write all them, of them. And then, and then send it back. Yeah. Um, my first brush with the internet, like the first thing that I really gave a shit about was LiveJournal. I spent a lot of time on LiveJournal and I have friends what was now. was that? It rings a bell. It was like, if you imagine a hybrid of blogging and Twitter, so it was like a diary platform, um, like a blog, but um, you could choose whether it was public or private. You could be in communities. You could, like, um, choose who could read it. Um, oh. And I have friends now. Actually, someone that was um, here when I was having drinks with my friends and I saw you, ah. that's a friend from LiveJournal. Wow. I've been to the wedding of someone from <gasps> LiveJournal. Like, they are my good friends now. Wow. Wow. Um, and I feel like that really prepared me for my life as a blogger and prolific tweeter. It was like getting used to the internet, getting used to the idea that like not everyone on the internet is a paedophile. Um, <laughs> there are other cool gals out there. Did you ever, did you go on Napster? Remember Napster? Was that the music downloading? Yeah, one? but you could and chat. Then Justin Timberlake played the founder of Napster in the social network. That's the last time I thought about Napster. Oh, wow. I didn't Yeah, I didn't even guy. realize that. That's amazing. I just remember you could chat. No, I don't. I, I never chatted on Napster. I'm not saying I ever downloaded anything <laughs> illegally. But if I did... You would have chatted to I someone about it on Napster. <laughs> well, I, I remember one chatting to one guy who said oh yeah I'm Kevin from Backstreet Boys <laughs> and me and my friend we were like oh my <laughs> because Kevin from Backstreet Boys has literally nothing better to do than chat to teenage girls There's on no the Napster buy his own albums. he just has to go and nap we were like screaming and crying we were so like oh my god oh. And, like, and then he like oh yeah I'm gonna go get Brian we were like oh my god he's gonna go get Brian <laughs> And we tried to tell everyone at school, but no one believed us. They were like, no. yeah. were like you don't understand. This was Kevin. We could feel it. We could just tell, like, through the wires. <laughs> so you're... Uh, is, what, what would you, what, what's your... Do you have a title? Fashion blogger? Yeah, I guess, like, plus-size fashion blogger, all-round internet loudmouth, internet evil little bitch. Mouth. I like all of those. Yeah. Is evil little bitch something you've chosen yes. or the internet chose for you? Um, I'm sure the internet would also choose it for me, but um, <laughs> on this case, I'm going to own it. Um, yeah? Yeah, so I just, like, talk about clothes, but I talk about a lot of other things on the internet. But, yeah, my main kind of identity online is as a plus-size fashion blogger. 
It's so cool. I I look at all your. I thought about this on the way here because I I think I kind of envy because your life looks so cool on social media. And I was walking on the way to the bus, and I walked past some really cool walls, and I thought, oh, if I was a plus size fashion blogger, you'd take could, a picture people, in front of yeah, that. Yeah, that this would go really well with my outfit. I only have one wall at a time. I'm like monogamous with walls. So yeah. wherever I live at the time, I'll find the nearest good wall and I'll take all my pictures out there until I move house. Do you take them yourself or do you have a tripod? Uh, I get whoever I live with to take them. So, uh. And that is very, um, that makes a big difference to my productivity. So um, for a long time, I lived with my best friend and she would always take my pictures. She would never say no. She always just took them. <laughs> and then she moved out. Um, and then I, my productivity dropped a lot on my blog because there was no one to take my picture because mm. I didn't really know very well the other people that I lived with. So I didn't really want to ask them. And Beth had got really good at taking them. So then, yeah, I became very unproductive until I moved in with my boyfriend who now takes them. But um, I get up much earlier than him for work and I feel bad arousing him from his slumber. So I tend to only take them on weekends now. Oh. So it, it's really boring factors like that that make a difference to how much I blog. So, um, yeah, whether I can get a picture taken, what time the sun comes up, um, all these very, like, prosaic things wow. make a big difference to fashion blogging. Does that, is there a pressure on, I mean... Yeah, I feel like I have to keep uploading stuff... Um, a lot less than I had to. I, I, a lot. I feel a lot less pressure than I used to to um, keep producing content. But when I do, I like it to be new stuff, which that kind of brings up an interesting like angle on fashion blogging, which is it's an expensive business if you don't get sent free stuff. Yeah. And if you get sent free stuff, there's always that like layer of obligation to whoever sent it to you but I don't really feel that because I'm very no. selective about what I say yes to receive um but yeah I like there to be new stuff in my posts and it's a shame because that will exclude people who can't afford to like always have new stuff but isn't it sometimes I I feel it I don't know about just uh, I don't know what's the name for just non plus size f fashion blog thin, thin, basic thin bitches thin shin yeah thin shin <laughs> bloggers but I think what's good is just seeing, as a, just as a fat person who cares not at all about fashion at all, uh, I, it's just good seeing it, seeing someone go where you go. Oh, you, oh, we can be. We're allowed to be to give a shit about what we were. Yeah, because yeah. I don't see your photos and go, oh my god, I want to wear that. I go, oh, I I too can care about what I wear. Whatever so, that may be, whatever oh, yeah. I end up wearing. Yeah, because it's not. It's like oh, someone not giving a shit about the fact that I oh but you know oh Bethany did no one tell you that you're not allowed to wear horizontal stripes yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have to wear something that's tied in the waist and then just goes out yep. to hide all of your body and just watching that is just I think that but, but also, I do also get that you may have followers who are not uh, who actually do care about <laughs> clothes. <laughs> clothes specific clothes but no I think that's like the single most valuable <coughs> <coughs> I think that's the single most valuable element of plus size fashion blogging is showing people. It's just the representation on a very basic level that we exist, 
um, clothes exist in your size, um, good clothes exist, and you can look really cool wearing them because the mainstream media is not going to show you that. There is no mm. incentive for them to. It's never in any women's magazines. And if it is, it's like one token page that makes them feel like they've done a, mm. a good job and don't have to bother with the rest of the magazine. Um, so to have a place online where you can just like wear what you want, take pictures of what you want and other people just like you can see them. That's very like useful, I think, especially for me. Mm. I'm not going to get it anywhere else. Why did you real? Do you remember when you realized you could find clothes? Um, my, I basically was um, a size 18 for a very long time. And that's kind of, I feel like that's roughly... Um, where blah, 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 ignore all that <laughs> for a very long time I was a size kind of 16 to 18 so I never needed to shop in plus size yeah clothes. like a very what do you call that a small yeah that's not even a it's small it's not fat, even a small fat it? um, it's it's like a, a big thin it's a big thin <laughs> um Yeah, and it's very, very easy to buy clothes if you're a size 16 to 18. I don't care what anyone who is a size 16 to 18 says. Like, you come back to me when you have been a size 20, 22, 24, 26 and above. Like, you got it made if you're a 16 to 18. Um, so I never needed to think about, like, shopping anywhere other than, you know, very mainstream shops. And then over the past, like, five years or whatever, basically since I finished my undergraduate degree I put on varying amounts of weight and um and it's actually been in that time my weight gain has corresponded to the kind of golden age of plus size fashion so mm. it's got much easier to buy good clothes in bigger sizes at almost exactly the time that I've needed them which is very convenient for me but not in shops Or others, because I I don't remember the last time I bought clothes in an actual physical shop. Yeah, it's true. Um, the internet is still the best possible place for it, but several years ago, there was not uh, Simply Be on Oxford Street. Yeah. Or there wasn't, um, like, physical plus-size ranges in stores. There was only really Evans. Um, but then, you know, I say that, but it just feels like even with stores that do plus size ranges like for example new look um that is not in many shops at all they downsize the um floor space that the plus size range takes up they take it out of some shops um and it just seems like that's a bad business decision because we're not yeah. getting any smaller yeah i spoke to my i remember telling my sister about all of this and she said uh she said why why not just make all clothes in all sizes? Yeah, good, good question, <laughs> you know Sophie's sister. That's a really good yeah. point. That is an actual good point. Yeah. That um, is the logic thing to do. But no one is going to do that because a thin girl doesn't want to wear the same clothes as a fat girl. A cool thin girl thinks that like being fat is the worst thing that can happen to her. So if someone that's a size 24 can wear the same clothes as her, that makes the clothes less desirable. Topshop are never going to expand their size range because the kind of girl that shops in Topshop would rather die than be fat. I just want to, I just want to let that linger a bit. <laughs> I really like that. Well, it's true. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, I remember my, I moved in with a, with a, a girl who cared a lot about fashion when I moved to London and she told me about ASOS. Yeah. And it was, I think I bought, I bought so much clothes and I bought it in like a size 32. I'm a, 
at this point, I must have been at 2022. Now I'm at 2224. But I bought it the biggest I could because I had never ever worn anything that was too big. Yeah. It just never existed. And yeah, it changed yeah. my. I you couldn't so wear oversized stuff because you were already like sized yeah. out of even like regular size stuff. I, I would go into to thin girl shops and buy <clears throat> their version of oversized because that would be a normal size yeah. for me. And I, would, I remember joking about it to the uh, to the uh, the woman behind the counter, and she'd go completely white in her face and be like, um, uh, no, "What am I meant to say?" <laughs> and my friend would be like, "Don't, don't, don't embarrass me." And I'm like, "But it's funny, isn't it? I'm buying this oversized shirt in a in a large, which would hang on you. But for me, this is just a normal T-shirt. Yeah, this is a regular shirt." Um, but no, I still maintain the best place to buy plus size clothes is online. Yeah, and I re- I only recently this is so, this is so embarrassing to say to someone as cool as you I only recently started using the measurements oh yeah because I bought so much stuff and I was like oh I can't fit any of this and I hate sending stuff back and I was like wait a minute yeah maybe there's a guide well that's the thing so I work at a plus size fashion brand called Navabi and we make some pretty decent clothes Mm. if I do say so myself but I genuinely think one of the best things about Navabi is that we make a size guide for every single piece on the site so we measure every size of every item and have a specific size guide so if you know your measurements you will never get it wrong but we are quite uh, unusual in doing that so oh really yeah most ranges just have like there'll be like asos curve um will say that a size 20 is the same across all of their dresses whereas it's just not that's not gonna be true so yeah and I think that there's much more variety in this kind of shape and size of fat bodies than that is in thin bodies so it's even more important that like plus size brands um make their size guides realistic and useful just to prevent the return rate and there's also I mean depending on where you are in your journey towards being fat positive about your own body there are so many fat women and fat people who are still quite, you know, who are still trying to come to terms with their bodies looking the way they do, who might not know as much yet about, you know, the fat positive movement. And for someone who's in a very vulnerable place, thinking you're a size 20, buying a, something that is a size 20 and it being way too small, that can, I mean, I've seen people co- like f- write things online about them, like their whole day, their whole week being ruined yeah, because they're like, they're not the size that they think they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I totally sympathize with anyone that isn't there yet on their journey because the world does not make it easy for you. Yeah. There is no incentive to be um, happy and be fat. Everyone wants you to hate yourself. Um, but there are lots of good places, especially on the internet, where you can make some kind of progress with not being totally sad about your body and... It's it's empowering watching women confident in yeah. their fat bodies. It's extraordinary. And it makes your life easier as well. Just populating your life with women that don't spend all of their time talking about dieting, talking about like calories, hating their body, talking shit about other women's bodies. Like It just makes your life better if you surround yourself by especially mm. fat women who are like, I don't care. I feel great. And I want you to feel great too. It's amazing. Did you find... So when you were a size 16 to 18, was that when you found the movement? I don't know. Yeah, I think that was when I first became aware of it because... um, 
even though a 16 to 18 is not that is not big in the grand scheme of things um within the people that i knew at the time i was definitely the biggest like my mm. friendship group was populated entirely by like very slim um girls at universe in my undergraduate degree at university um so I very much felt like an outsider. I was very kind of aware of the fact that I was bigger than everyone else, even though I kind of wasn't that big. Mm. So I quite liked reading like plus size fashion blogs just to kind of see there were other people out there. Um, even though I knew that like my body was not necessarily like theirs. So then when I did put on weight, when I did my masters and I got really into frazzles and cherry Coke, um, mm it was not that stressful for me at all. Like mm. weight gain was, has not really been stressful for me. Um, and that's because I was already kind of in the zone because I'd been reading like fat positive blogs, plus size fashion blogs. Um, yeah, it was a very like smooth transition for me to being fat. And you recently went on and was it the news which the one? The, the official, the news. I just saw the video you posted on the Facebook. video one. Yeah, which I, was it was BBC World News um, talking about a story, um, some research by Girl Guiding about how like girls as young as seven are worried about their appearance and think that like looks are more important than personality and blah blah blah. So yeah, I went on the news and talked about that. How did that was the reaction? Did you get very very positive? Oh, that that's was like amazing. very yeah. I guess because what I was saying in that interview was not particularly controversial. It was like, the world is very hostile to women. The world is very, um, has a very narrow view of what beauty means. So why wouldn't young women um, begin their kind of negative self-image at that age? Why wouldn't they carry it into adulthood? You know, it's very hard to unlearn all of that. Um, none of this research is surprising to me. It was essentially my line. And people were fine with that? Yeah. They were like, yes, this all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I guess that seems like a step forward, isn't it? Yeah. Acknowledging that, like, the world is not pleasant to women about yeah. the way they look. And that that's you being very good at being uh, diplomatic and calm. Yes. And good at phrasing things. Yeah. Whereas I would have shouted something or said fuck. <laughs> I'm very bad. I said something horrible. I did a Danish TV show. And uh, I don't remember how, but we got to talking about it. And I think I ended up saying, uh, I, I don't, I can't blame something about uh, how people don't like that you love yourself if you're fat, because I totally get why if you if you spend your whole life trying to become thin and you only eat lettuce, you're already a sad person. So I can't blame you for being angry with me for liking my fat body. Yep. I remember thinking, uh oh. <laughs> out come the trolls uh -oh. <laughs> but it's true there's this attitude that like if you are fat and you like yourself you've cheated somehow because people like slave away in the gym and you know deny themselves what they want and won't wear what they want to wear um until they reach this kind of very nebulous and ever-changing goal of what they think their body should look like so if you're fat and you're like well i'm gonna you know do what I want, wear what I want, eat what I want and not worry about it. That's like you've cheated. Like mm. you've kind of skipped some levels. Um, and that's very challenging to like a culture that wants you to suffer and wants you to punish yourself. Mm. If you just say no. And it does feel like cheating. It feels like the, I mean, it's, it's by far been easier for me to 
come to terms with how I look and like the psychological journey of learning how to love myself is actually easier than it's ever been to lose weight. Yeah. Because that is so detrimental to you know just my my mood you know like forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do is so hard because i do think you you like deep down you want you want to be happy or you want to feel good and doing something that goes against that you i think your whole body will revolt uh, yeah yeah um you just need to figure out like what happy looks like and whether you need to change the way you look to achieve that happy or if it's not really a looks based thing at all which is probably what a lot of people will discover that it's a mind thing i had a discussion with my friend last night actually and she's she's very uh she places her own value in her looks and in status and money and she's turning 30 and she said that she was panicking because she was scared of what was going to happen like her social currency will drop. Yeah, all of well, all of her definition of what makes her valuable is going to drop no matter what she does. You know, if you place your value in youth, I mean, yeah. you're fucked. And, and that doesn't like, happen to men in the same way. All you yeah. need to do is look at, like, OkCupid online dating profiles to see that men stay valuable much longer than women do, that the age yeah. range that men will date, you know, it will often be a man in his mid-30s the age range that he will look at on, for example, OkCupid will often be like 18 (laughs) to 36. And it's like, if you're 35, what the fuck do you have in common with an 18-year-old that you don't have with a 40-year-old woman? And that is so common. And obviously, like, I have not suffered through that because I am in my 20s. Um, But I know from, like, my friends who are in their 30s and older that that is a very common, like, experience to have on okay cupid to be like aged out of what men are looking for like you won't even appear in their searches anymore in your 30s yeah exactly it seems so young I and mean, i'm, I'm also is 27 young. so i also you know i don't i don't feel that yet but it's young and i i i, I saw to my friend about it and she said um she said but what, she literally said what else is there to value and i was like oh my god like so, so many things, <laughs> so yeah, much. so many things. It's and I, I, I think I used the analogy that it, it's like she's been collecting stamps her whole life, and now all of a sudden, you know, she finds out that they're actually worthless, and what what's actually worth something is like coins, bottle, yeah, yeah, bottle caps or coins or whatever. And now you have to start collecting those. So for you to realize that you're for, for like what real value is you have to admit that you are now completely poor because you don't have anything of that value because you spend so much time and energy on this other thing that doesn't actually matter so i get why it's provoking to see someone go oh oh no i'm i'm fat and that and i'm still happy to go no 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 no, no wait no, no, no. but i've spent so many hours trying to not be fat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah how dare you say that that's not real yeah like, that's my whole important. value is yeah the likes on my before and after photo is Ooh, yeah Ooh. <laughs> before and after photos just so violent and so awful it's really ridiculous it's uh do you work so you do oh I, and i i don't know why i feel so so guilty about this so you do is it called spinning in this country spinning? yeah spinning yeah oh, perfect no need to translate that. yeah because uh, i used to do a lot of spinning but that was to lose weight when i was like 16 and I loved it. I really loved it. 
And then I saw you you did it, and I asked you a lot of intrusive questions at like 2 a.m. one morning. And uh, and I even bought a membership for the thing, the, the place where you do it. And then I got really sick, and then I just never did anything. Yeah, it's easy to, you know, it's exercise is the easiest thing to go when you're, you know, when something happens in your life, because it's yeah. like effort. You don't really want to do it. When you do it, it feels good, but like, it's, yeah. Is it, it hard to, to I, I would feel, because I've spent so much time telling myself that you know it's my body it's okay to do what I want to do which is to lie in bed a lot and eat breakfast pizza is it hard to to come to terms with then wanting to exercise because whenever there's a voice in my head that goes oh you feel like moving your body now even if it's just like dancing or stretching another part of my brain goes is this because you want to be thin because you don't want to be thin that's not what we we've agreed on yeah 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 and I think it's very difficult but very valuable to decouple um kind of exercise and movement from weight loss and I'm in a really great Facebook group called Fit Fatties which is exactly that it's like um kind of exercise and movement based but there is no um weight loss discussion and I have lost weight because I was exercising so much but um it was kind of a very much a byproduct of doing so much exercise and now I do less exercise so my weight will probably go back up again and I think it's just that is the most valuable part for me is like separating the two and not sweating too much if I don't go um or if what I want changes like I I had a lot of time to exercise over the you know past few months and now I don't because I've got other projects going on and I cannot dedicate my spare time to exercise in the way that I could I also realized that like I don't like running I did couch to 5k and I finished it and then I was like I enjoyed the sense of satisfaction I got but I don't enjoy actually running the only exercises I really enjoy are spinning and swimming and they take up quite a lot of time to get to where you want to go get Mm. changed do the thing you know blah 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 and I I just don't have that time anymore um, but I'm not worried about it. So, you know, if my weight goes back up, that's cool. Um, if it doesn't, cool, whatever. Because I'm just not doing it for that anymore. And, you know, like you, I, for a long time, the only motivation to exercise was to lose weight. And now that I'm out of that, I, I have a much better relationship with exercise. Like I went spinning this morning um, and I was for several months going twice a week. And I got really fit really quickly. And then, you know, various things happened and I couldn't go for quite a while. And then I've been going more like once a week or once every two weeks. And I still really enjoy it, even if it's not in that same like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking fit. It's like I'm not as unfit as I was when I started. And that's cool. And I really enjoy it. And I feel like this is fun. This is a thing I want to do. And that is priceless. Yeah, I, uh, (laughs) I joined a gym like two years ago. And it's such a weird, like, I I felt like the people at the gym were not used to people like me showing up because they were very, they felt very awkward. So they would ask, you know, where are you in your what, fitness thing? And I had to say, listen, 
I haven't moved since I was 17. Yeah. You need some, no, 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 like not Your at all. base, like your rock bottom uh, yeah. most unfit is very different from yeah. my rock bottom <laughs> most unfit. Yeah. yeah, it's not like, no, I only run in the morning. That's not where I am. Yeah. I mean, I have not moved. I've not physically Intentionally moved. like <laughs> raised your heart rate for anything yeah. other than sex yeah, in like a very the, long time. I ran for the bus in 2005. And yeah. that's the last time. And that was horrible and I hated <laughs> it. It was horrible and I hated yeah. I still dream of it. And it, you could just tell they were so like, oh, okay. So what's your uh, what's your end goal? And I was like, I, I don't. I just want to move. Like I want to feel my body move. Yeah. I want to. I want my body to. F- I want to feel like it has a function. I want it to. I want to feel my muscles. I want to be. I want to learn how to be more in touch with my body because I've hated it for my whole life. And and it's it's time to start feeling it and letting it just be a body and but that's not what they're used to hearing in there i think that is the single biggest thing that i have learned this year especially this has been my kind of big year of exercise is just getting in touch with my body and being like what do i want what does that thing feel like um because for a very long time once i stopped trying to lose weight my relationship with my body was purely psychological. So I was doing a lot of work in like not having a negative self image, Mm. but then there was no kind of physical relationship with my body. So for example, if I felt if something in my body felt wrong, I would ignore it. Mm. Um, Or I kind of ignored the impact that like getting addicted to cherry Coke had on my teeth or I wouldn't wear my glasses at work, even though I knew I should. So I had a purely psychological relationship with my body. And this year I've been trying to kind of convert that good feeling about my body in theory to having a good feeling about my body in practice. And so listening to it more being like, do I really want to drink alcohol? Do I want, does this food make me feel good? Or does it like physically hurt me sometimes? Um, Am I flossing? Like, all of this stuff. And that has been really positive. And none of that really has anything to do with a kind of image-based goal. Yeah. And it's very, like, fun and exciting. Because we can't... I mean, I remember from my youth and my childhood is everything that had to do with my body was just... It, it had nothing to do with the feeling. It had all to do with, that. yeah, I guess the end goal of, you know, if you eat this now, it might taste horrible, but eventually you'll be thin. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. It, it, it's, the, it's the equivalent of saying, uh, kick this ball and then your wallpaper will be blue. Like yeah. It's so, it's so, so, that's a horrible example, but it's so not related in terms of what it should be. Yeah. And what actually should have been said was, try and really taste this apple. Try and really taste it, its freshness and its uh, whatever, and the, the juices. And then feel afterwards how you feel. Do you feel a bit more energetic? Can you feel, you know, you're... Like, whenever I eat, I have, like, periods where I eat very healthily because I, I do get... Whenever I get, like, get fully in touch with my body and aware of my own... Uh, uh, whenever I feel like being good to myself, I do automatically eat more healthy. And it just feels so different because you just feel your body kind of rewarding you for having been been nice to it. Where when I do the opposite, where I go, I, I have too much anxiety to leave my bed. I, ca- I can't even can't even think about fruit. I just need like a breakfast pizza. And there's my mind going, good, 
good because you didn't you weren't there you you needed to have a breakfast pizza right now because that's where you are and if if my body could just I don't remember where I was going with this but it it's so important to like why do they have calorie counters on the on the exercise machines that's the worst thing yeah. in the whole world yeah and there's such a kind of intrinsic coupling of exercise and weight loss and nutrition and weight loss it feels like the whole world revolves around weight and you know when a woman says I don't feel good about my looks so much like 90% of the time that will be related to her weight it feels mm. like the world is just obsessed with weight and that mm. makes it very difficult to kind of navigate it in a way that doesn't buy into that but yeah and meeting new people who are not aware of that you'll so quickly hear someone say uh, you know, because you, I, I imagine you is you're in the same position as me, where we just know a lot of people who talk in the same way. Where we we're in these fit fatties group, yeah. and we're in these communities of people who know everything about fat positivity. Then you'll meet a new person, and you'll just say like, "Yeah, so I'm fat," and they'll go, "Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, you're not oh, that you fat. shouldn't say that about yourself." Yeah, and yeah. You go, and you go, "Oh, yeah, you live in a." You live in another world. In the normal world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you live in the real world where where fat is still derogatory term. And I just think about a lot of how many fat people live in that world and how difficult it must be to for them to hear us be like, oh, just love yourself when you go. But everyone around them won't get that. Yeah, and their family and their friends and their colleagues will still be like peddling the same lies. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you say. But it does matter what you say because even hearing it from one person can make you go, oh wait, I do have a choice. Yeah. I have a choice about how I feel about myself. Which, uh, and this, I've, I've never spoken this much about clothes before ever, uh, but I want to talk about Navabi, the, the clothes company you work for. Because, uh, I have a jacket from there that cost more than I've ever paid for any piece of clothing in my entire life. It feels different. And that makes, you know, something like New Look and ASOS Curve, they're quite cheap. But that's what I've always been buying. Like I'm quite, I'm still quite poor. But I have nice little periods of time, short periods of time because I'm very good at spending money. But then I have a lot of money and then I buy stuff and then I go, oh, I shouldn't, I should have paid my rent instead. But, Boring. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then wearing something... It's that's like good quality that feels expensive. I've n that feeling. It's so weird that that can. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't, but it feels like. Uh, I don't know. Putting. How do you? Do you know what I mean? It yeah, feels it feels like, like investing in the body that you have now rather yeah. than living for and dressing a temporary state. Yeah, spending money on clothes when you are fat is a way of saying this is the body that I have. This isn't um, a work in progress. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very rare. And I think that is why Navabi is rare in the plus size fashion landscape in being like a kind of premium, that's the word we use, like a premium plus size fashion retailer. And, you know, people comment on the fact that it is more expensive than other brands, but there are so many cheaper brands out there that like we mm. I think plus size women deserve to have like a luxury retailer on the scene, whether or not you buy from them. Um, and the stuff that I have from work is amazing and really beautiful. And I totally identify with that um, feeling that it is different. Like expensive clothes do feel different, just like expensive food tastes different. Um, and there is a place for it in the market. It feels, it feels like, 
oh, I'm, oh, and I, this, I feel like I sound shallow when I say this. It feels like, oh, I'm worth this. It feels like not apologizing for your body. Like you, you kind of, it's still in me that feeling of, oh, no, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll just wear this old thing. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just a fat, but, you know, I'll, I'll just wear this little s- stupid piece of the, where saying, oh, yeah, I bought this expensive thing and it, you know, it is, yeah. It's I expensive. care about I it care, and I yeah. like it and I'm invested in making myself look good. Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously not everyone has the money to spend on clothes, yeah. but I'm glad that Navabi exists for people that do. Do you have any advice? I mean, and this is just general, you're in a place in your life, we're, we're in places in our lives where we're quite lucky because, you know, we've reached this... Um, holy grail yeah. psychological status yeah, yeah. we're fat people who like our bodies that is that is not a normal that's not a regular normal thing what's your like in the day-to-day life you know you'll you, you must meet a lot of the struggles that a lot of people meet what's like what's your best advice for coping what's just with dealing with life stuff in general i think just surround yourself with people that Um, kind of reflect the views that you want to have Um, spend lots of time on the internet around people that are talking about the stuff you are talking about and that you want to think about Um, and I guess just realize that like the reason that other people aren't saying this stuff is because there are so many industries that are so financially invested in you not getting to that place so like the diet industry the fashion industry making thinness aspirational and fatness scary um and most people around you will have bought those messages so it's not surprising that like you are struggling but try and as much as you can make the bits of your life that you can shape reflect your beliefs you wrote an article that i i i I didn't read all of it because I, w- I was too excited to read all of it. <laughs> I, like literally, my my eyes were like flickering because I was like, I can't believe this is this thing that's been written in front of me. And it was in the Guardian, and it was about uh, health. Oh yeah, that yeah. Can um, you just say those all those words out loud a lot? So yeah, it was um it was an article about basically some research showed that um mortality was not as related to weight as we have been led to believe so it was just an excuse for me to talk about like yeah decoupling kind of health messages and weight and um kind of reducing the amount of violent fat phobia that people have an excuse to do because it feels like a lot of fat phobic thought gets pegged on this health message that like oh everyone knows being fat is bad for your health everyone knows obesity crisis and we just take it for granted so um the more that you can do to kind of combat that as like a standard thing that we know and accept and use that as an excuse to treat fat people badly the better so there was there was a a survey that pointed towards the possibility that being fat might actually or being overweight or slightly slightly. overweight would increase your life expectancy rather than decrease it can you say that one more time Uh, 
being slightly overweight might increase your life expectancy rather than decrease it. I'm also going to... No, no, don't bet. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to edit that out and use it as a ringtone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. There's no but. No but. No but. Um, being fat is healthy. That's all I'm hearing. But even if it's not healthy, that's not an excuse to treat people like shit. Like, even if... Being fat means that, you know, your life expectancy is reduced. It doesn't mean that, like, that is a valid reason to treat people badly. Um, if you are so invested in people's health, why do you want them to focus only on one vector of... Um, sorry, only on one... If you want fat people to focus more on their health, you can't reduce their health to only one factor. Mm. That is not... Even if it is true that being fat has an impact on your health, it is not the only factor that determines what your, how your body is working, how you treat your body. Mm. Um, and I think it is dangerous that we are getting to a point where obesity crisis is the kind of default response to any conversation about being fat. Mm. I had a I, I snapped at my, my doctor in Denmark. That was when I still had a doctor in Denmark, because I was I wanted birth control because I had, I got a boyfriend uh, that didn't last uh, that lasted like three weeks. So thank God I didn't take birth control. But uh, she would she was start, she weighed me and I was like what wait, what does this have to do? And she started talking about weight and stuff. And I was so shocked because I've been living this bubble of fat positive yeah, yeah. health isn't doesn't have anything to do with weight da 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 and. Um, and she was just like, yeah, you, you should start. She would say things like, you know what it is? It's just getting up half an hour before uh, you usually wake up and just going for a run. I was like, are you fucking joking? Are you, are you in a sketch about this? Like, this is so cliche and so ridiculous. Like, and I, I was too shocked because you have all of these, you know, articles you've read and videos you've seen and all of these facts in your head. And it just wanted to come out at the same time. But I was too shocked to be like, uh, 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 what? How can you? How, are you saying this to me? Is this this is everything I've been fighting against for yeah. five years of my life? And I ended up just saying to her, like I was in the state of shock, and I, my voice was like shivering, and I was just like, uh, I, I at the moment I value my mental health a bit more because uh, if I didn't value my mental health, I'd still be uh, throwing up after every single meal, and I'd still be cutting myself, and I would probably still be in a mental hospital. So uh, I think I'm just uh, I'm, I'm going to leave gonna that. Focus on yeah. that, and then not try and get up half an hour before I w wake up you crazy cunt <laughs> I was so shocked but yeah. that's the thing that happens and it totally disarms you because like for all the kind of very assertive chat that we do to each other about this stuff when you are confronted with someone in the real world with an attitude like that it's very like difficult to counteract it because a medical professional especially a medical professional yeah. because Fat is bad, obesity crisis, we will all die, burden on the NHS. Those are just such common tropes of the way that we talk about being fat that like they feel very um, well armed with that as an argument. Whereas all the like nuanced conversations and, you know, mind boggling uh, chat that we do with each other that really kind of changes how we feel about ourselves the conversation amongst other people you know medical professionals parents colleagues is still at such a basic level that like there is no room for the like mm. very radical nuanced conversations that we could have about it but it's just it's just it, it should make sense shouldn't it like i this i think this was 
Lindy, read Lindy West's book. Yes. Oh my God, it's so good. I loved it. It was so fun. It's called Shrill. I can highly recommend it. And um, I think I think that was where I got the quote from, where she said, "If you hate something, you can't take care of something you hate." Yeah. So so constantly telling people to teaching people to hate their body doesn't help them lose weight that's not if you want people to lose weight which is a horrible thing to want people to do but if that's what you want it won't help them to go you know feel like shit because that's not going to make you go mm, i just i think i want a smoothie and i want to go spinning now yeah <laughs> that's not what this is making but that's what do. i mean about reducing health to solely one factor mm. and that's what we are encouraging people to do like we're encouraging fat people to only see their health through am I fat or thin and that doesn't account for as I said am I taking care of my teeth am I wearing my glasses when I should am I investigating that pain that I had in my stomach like is mm. that normal am um, I meditating am I doing breathing exercises do I feel calm do I you know lie awake at night like none of that really has anything to do with whether you're fat or thin and it just it meant that for a long time I was missing all of that because all of my psychological energy around health was going into like I need to fight these messages that tell me that I need to be thin. Mm. And now that I'm like there and I don't worry about whether I'm thin or not, I actually have like the mental capacity to be like, am I taking care of every part of my body? Because my body is more than just fat. But because the medical profession wants to reduce my body to fat, it means that I have to do a lot more work to take care of it because they're not. There's so much medical negligence around fat people so much stuff gets missed, misdiagnosed, because all they can look at is, are you fat? Yeah. Now I didn't get birth control. Now I have a kid. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Reese, but no, I it's don't. true. Like, it, it really deters you from seeking medical treatment and especially deters women from getting um, birth control that works for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but you, you don't want to... I, 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 I hate that I didn't do anything. I wanted to do so much. I wanted to complain about... This doctor and I want to. But whoever you complain to, they're going to be on the same page. Yeah, they're going to be like, well, wanna... well, she should be telling you off for being yeah. fat. And there's a part of you, like the seven-year-old, which is the the kid within you that, you know, started learning those messages and believed them for 10, 10 15 years. That goes, oh, but what? What if she's what right? If she's right. Yeah. That, that is, after all, what I've been taught by everyone. Yeah. You know, I'm and sure. Bethany Rada says a different thing on Instagram, but you who know, the fuck is Bethany Rada anyway? <laughs> and why taken, should I listen to her? She's this one woman took a, an education and how I should die bef uh, earlier because I'm fat. Yeah, it's just so difficult. But I think what what you do and what uh, fat shin bug I like that word. I'm using it. Uh, evil little bitches was that the other word? Yeah, <laughs> what they the little do. Little hags <laughs> and people like Lindy West and people like uh, Jessamine Stanley. Who's oh, I love her. I love her so much. I you love Jessamine Stanley. Can I marry her? Is there, do I have a chance of marrying? I want. I hope her. so. I really like, want to marry her. I want to listen to her voice all the, time. all the time. I want her to like be. So I did like a yoga class with her. Oh my god! And I just want her to be like gently touching my back to encourage me to like keep doing the yoga i want her to be like talking to me in her yeah. dulcet southern tones <laughs> i think she's perfect she is uh, the the best person in the whole world yes. and i love her so much and what she's doing with yoga being this uh fat yoga yogi i guess so i guess so yeah, yeah. and what you do with your 
blogging and what hopefully what I do with my stand-up and what Lindy West does with her writing and what all these fat women do in, in all of these fields. There are like, you know, there are fat Olympic uh, whatever. Olympians. I about yeah. Yeah, sure. Sports stuff. Stuff I don't know anything yeah. about. It's so... It's, I think the more us there is and the more loud... You said something about you being loud as well, loud, yeah. loud online or something. <laughs> loud mouth. Loud mouth. Ah, oh, it's so important because it's more important. Yeah, and the internet is a blessing for that because would you know about Jessamine Stanley if you were not on the internet? No. You just wouldn't. Would you be exposed oh, to Lindy West? Sad, no. That's just that sad thought. Yeah, just it's imagine a horrible the world thought. without Jessamine Stanley. Exactly. Like, that made me genuinely sad. <laughs> So the mainstream media is not invested in having positive fat role models and that's why it's really important to shape the areas of your life that you can by inserting people like that into it, you know, whether you personally know them or not, following people online who are saying this stuff or even not saying it and just doing it, um, that's very valuable. I have a question, one last question. Yes. Uh, and I've never asked anyone this before and I'm so excited What's like your best fashion advice? Wait, do I need to wait? I need to say the difference. <clears throat> What's like your best fashion advice? Is this am I saying it correctly? Is that how you meant to say it? I don't know. I um, <laughs> I've never said that before. I'm very excited. Okay, so I think my best fashion advice is figure out what you want to look like, and look like that. Whatever your body looks like, just. Figure out what, when you see it on someone else, you're like, oh, that's cool. I feel really inspired by that. You can wear that whether you are fat or thin. Even if the person that you're looking at is like a size four and you're a size 24, um, you can make it work for you. You can dress exactly like that. There are no barriers to you wearing the kind of clothes that you want. And obviously the only barrier is whether they're made in your size and that's not your fault. Yeah, they don't make hats in my size. Oh, yeah, you have a really big head, I have right? a huge head. <laughs> and I think it's maybe it's a sign. That you shouldn't like, wear I'm, I'm very fat positive, and you know, I think you should make all clothes in all sizes, but I think maybe there's a, there's a limit. why I'm not wearing hats. There's a limit in the head department <laughs> that, like, once your head reaches a certain size, it's game over for hats. I feel like that's... I feel like that might be okay. Okay, yeah. But also, so as a fat person, I just want to sum up everything you've said. So fat people can't wear horizontal stripes. We have to wear baggy clothes, black yeah, you, clothes only. Yep. Yeah. Um, you have to dress like a 50s pinup. Um, yes. Always wear those, what do you call those, spanks? Yeah, yeah definitely wear spanks. Always wear uh, waist belts. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's my advice. <laughs> no, that's not my advice at all. My advice is be the cool fat babe you want to see in the world that's a good advice what tell me all of your links so i am on twitter at bethany rutter i blog at archedeyebrow.com i um work for navabi which is navabi.co.uk um, my instagram is arched eyebrow snapchat i forget i have snapchat <gasps> but i am sometimes on there as arched eyebrow um, live journal i don't think i even remember my username <laughs> anymore but i'm sure one of my friends will and i definitely don't keep updating it um i think that's all of my places around the internet that's so cool thank you so much for being here it has been a delight yay mm -hmm. 
if that doesn't make you want to go out and just buy a lot of clothes, I don't know what does. I'm literally on the website right now. Uh, Navabi is, it's, I, I'm not being paid to say this, by the way. Like, I, I'm, I'm allowed to say it's shit, but it's not. It's, uh, it just is another feeling of just knowing that it exists, knowing that there are options is uh, more than I had when I was a teenager. So that means a lot. And I'm so grateful to Bethany for, for wanting to do this podcast. She's, uh, she's just a star and a wonderful person. So go check her out and see all of her wonderful photos of her just wearing kick-ass clothes that I do not have the, uh, the courage to wear. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, thank you for listening and uh, give it a five star rating on iTunes. It, it means a lot. I don't know why, but it does. And uh, tweet about it on uh, on Twitter. And I think if you tweet about it and then you, you tweet uh, and you include at iTunes, it means something. I don't know. Maybe if you try it, if you tweet oh whatever you wanted to tweet about this and then you add at iTunes, I think it might. I don't even know if that makes sense. Anyways, I think it makes iTunes go, ooh, someone likes this one. Maybe we should of make it bigger i don't know i have no idea doesn't matter it doesn't matter um in terms of self-care uh i think um we put a lot of pressure on ourselves um like i found a lot of lists that i've made in in the past like years yeah since i was was able to write and it's always you know these are your goals and it's always like something awful like you know i'll go from not ever exercising to writing you know exercise every other day uh or uh you know drink 10 liters of water a day or like something ridiculous like ridiculous so i think maybe i look into yourself and then um notice what are you expecting of yourself that's fucking ridiculous and then let yourself not do it you know if you have this weird idea that you're just never gonna eat sugar but every single day you eat sugar because you're human then maybe just tell yourself you know what i can have sugar it's okay you know it's okay that i don't go training today it's okay it's sometimes sometimes self-care is just not putting such a fucking amount of pressure on yourself and just be nice to yourself. Like, imagine you had, like, you had you as a child. You know, you wouldn't go, you fucking exercise every other day. You'd go, today we stay in bed. Today we watch a film. Because, we, you know, no one, no one's, no one likes being pushed. So, I think that's my self-care tip for today. And uh, I will speak to you next week. So, thank you so much for listening. And uh, remember to breathe. Okay, bye. Bye.